the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show, keeping you up to date with everything going on around the world of the NBA. I had a new intro that we threw in there for uh, for YouTube. If you guys haven't had a chance to check that out, make sure you do go check out our YouTube channel. Don't forget, of course, to hit that subscribe button. Keith Smith joining me. Keith, I hate that we kind of have to start today's show with a negative story involving, of course, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, it it feels like everything lately is negative stories. Yeah. It's either, you know, somebody's hurt or guys are out due to uh, COVID and health and safety protocols. And there are good fun stories that are coming out of that. Some of these blasts from the past returns and mm-hmm. uh, young guys getting chances they might not have gotten otherwise so trying to, trying to stay positive on, on that note, but we, we don't have a lot of trade news to break down because there's not trade stuff happening right now, but we're six weeks from today uh, from the trade deadline. So even in normal times, it'd be a little early. Yeah, we're, we're probably sure. still about a good three, four weeks from things really picking up. But yeah, the Rubio injury, just brutal. It's going to be out for the year for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we found that out yesterday after his MRI. Um, two point guards down for the Cavs. Or I guess Colin Sexton kind of more of a combo guard yeah. at this point. But yeah, uh, but yeah, two, two uh, you know, main guards, two big parts of their rotation. And that's probably the weakest uh, part of their rotation now. It's Darius Garland. Uh, he's in health and safety protocols, so that'll be at least a short-term absence. So Kevin Pangos is getting a call a call to start uh, their game tonight. But yeah, it's just, just a mess for, for the Cavs right now. So hopefully, um, you know, we'll see. But I guess what we want to get into is, does this make it more likely to do something and make some kind of trade or, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, look, so Rubio, and we should mention it, it's a torn ACL for him. So he's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to cost him the rest of the season. And it, he was one of the success stories of the year. He was one of the guys that we looked at and said, well, this is a little bit of a funky fit. What's going to happen? Sure. Maybe maybe he'll be bought out by the, by the deadline. Maybe he'll be on the market. They, that's the way we kind of went into the season thinking about it. And the Cavs have shocked everybody. They've been great. And Rubio has certainly been part of that. And now Huge with him, yeah, yeah, he's and he's been phenomenal. But now with him gone, the Cavs they've they've tasted success, and they're not going to want to just let that go. Even though you know they've lost Colin Sexton now Rubio, so I do think this makes them more likely to go out there and swing a trade. I don't know that it's the home run trade though. I mean, you think about like sure. we instantly go, oh well, John Wall's out there, right? Do you stack up some contracts and you go, you know, maybe you, you part with Kevin Love and you you go try to make something work for a guy like John Wall or something like that. I don't know if that's what they need or if they just need kind of a game manager that can come in, that can do a few things for them, that can keep the ship afloat and and let Darius Garland just basically run the rest of the show. I think that may be the path ahead. But I do think there is plenty of incentive for the Cavs to make some sort of a move to replace Rubio because I don't think the guy to do it is necessarily on the roster already. 
No, yeah, it's definitely not. They, they, I mean, there is still some slight hope that maybe Colin Sexton could get back mm-hmm. by the end of the season, but that's very unlikely. And, and given his status going into free agency, I'm not sure he's, you know, real open to, hey, let's get back sure. quicker than maybe I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just said Kevin Pangos is starting. Like, that's not. I mean, he 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 was very good overseas for a number mm. of years, but he's really struggled uh, this year in his first NBA season. So we'll see you know, what he can do. I think ideally you'd like someone with a little bit of size that yeah. could play with Garland at times too, instead of just behind him. Obviously, now you're counting on Garland for 35 plus minutes a night. That's probably a slight tick up from where he was. He was probably closer to 30, 32, um, but he's been great. He's been really good. So no reason to believe he won't continue to be really good, but they've had a lot of success with those three bigs and then Rubio and Garland together has been a good lineup for them. So yeah, I think all around, this is a, you know, just a bummer. So here's what I wonder, right? And this is where, mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're going to go to cold calculating Keith here for a minute. <laughs> um, I'm going to put all uh, emotion aside. Do you now use Rubio's $17.8 million expiring contract as your major chip to match salary in a trade? Now, that that sounds harsh, but the reality is it's not going to help the Cavs anymore. Nope. They have no long-term agreement beyond this year. Not saying that they wouldn't have re-signed him and maybe he wants to stay there. Maybe now you could even get him cheaper than what you might have otherwise. But that's a big chunk of money in salary matching for a trade. That that puts you in range to go get a $20 million player easy if you pair something else. Now, the value's not really there, right, obviously. Sure. But what you can do is you can plus that up with draft picks or maybe you add Isaac Okoro to a deal or something like that. Is that something you have to do if you're Cleveland is really say, hey, this sucks, but now you're the best avenue towards getting somebody who can help us to replace you uh, is by using your big contract. What, let's say the Cavs decided, you know what, we really like Ricky Rubio. We want to keep him. We'd like to hang on to him. Is there a path for them to trade him and then go after him in free agency? Uh, well, you'd have the whole one year. Well, He'd be he'd be becoming a free agent, so he wouldn't be getting waived. Yeah, right. maybe. I mean, it depends on which direction they go. What happens with Colin Sexton, sure. and right. you know, where do you go with that? But yeah, I mean, I guess what you could do there is you could go sign him to a new deal as a free agent using like the MLE, yeah. or a chunk of it uh, for only one year, and then give him a bump in pay off of that. Because the reality is, Rubio at his age with this injury would ace maybe a 10 to $12 million a year player. Mm-hmm. Um, probably ideally you'd start them around that, maybe even as high as 13 and then have it decline uh, year over year. So it's, you know, finishing under 10 uh, by the time, you know, he's a, what he'd be 34, 35 years old um, at the end of a four year deal. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that is something you consider doing is saying, Hey, we're going to trade you now to really help mm-hmm. us, but we are open. We'd love to have you come back uh, next year. Cause the reality is already tore the AC, yeah here in late december so we're looking at a maybe early december return at most probably closer to a january 2023 return uh, next season because it's generally been about a year for for these injuries so yeah i i don't i don't hate that idea at all is you you know it's a one of those where it's a wink and a nod as you you know ship exactly. them out <laughs> well, but you- you yeah, have to have I your cake and eat it, it too in that in that scenario, sure. right? If you say, look, we liked what Rubio brought. We liked having him in our organization, our culture, all those sorts of things. 
you could still use that contract without completely closing the door on him coming back to the franchise. But I think maybe the the better discussion topic though is who do you go after? Who's your, who's your target if you're going to, let's say, whether you use the Rubio salary or not, or, or whoever you're going to do, what's the ideal target that, number one, is a good fit, and number two, is realistically attainable? They couldn't get off from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> some would say the show just got a lot better. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you want to dream big and think Ben Simmons, right? Like, that's that's kind of, kind of your, your dream big. But realistic targets, uh, it gets a little trickier because are you... First, you got to have that conversation, I guess, with your ownership group. Are we willing to take on money? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about three million below the tax right now. Can we uh, dip into the tax if we want to? So, so yeah, like a guy like John Wall, that's that's out of the question. That's not going to happen. Um, Malcolm Brogdon would be a wonderful fit, but yeah, obviously cannot be too. traded right until uh, after uh, the. Um, the trade deadline is over, so um, we, we had a dog appearance here. <laughs> uh, he's running around like, like a crazy man. He's he's leaving now. Um, and I needed to get a bottle of water. Uh, let's see. So let's start running through names. Um, do you go to the Spurs and see, you know, just gauge their interest in moving one of their many guards they've got be a, a different kind of fit but a guy like maybe Bryn forbes mm-hmm. um you know, could could he be somebody you could pick up um thunder guys are all part of their future uh portland guys too expensive i'm very clearly doing this on the fly uh if the grizzlies were open to it tyus jones maybe yeah I mean, Tyus Jones has been pretty big for the Grizzlies and they've been winning. What about, I mean, like not the same type of player at all, but what, what about a Terrence Ross to, to, you would, there would be a a major change, but just in terms of a guy who's got a little bit of size that could play off the ball that, that could do some things for you. I mean, again, not the same player as Ricky Rubio at all. Very, very different, but somebody who's out there. What about Gary Harris? Same team. Oh yes. Another guy. I mean, size, defense. Defensive player seems to be refining his offensive mm-hmm. game a little bit again. Yeah, you're right. Very different player than uh, than Rubio, but yeah, that could be somebody you could look at. Yeah, it's weird because we talk about it all the time. I, mean, I feel like we talk about it every show that nobody really needs a point guard, and now somebody does, and we're having trouble <laughs> coming, coming well, up with a with, with a real point guard. What about uh, what, what if, about your Celtics with Dennis Schroeder? I and mean, we talked about maybe moving yeah, him. Yeah, th- I mean that would be a. If you really wanted to plus up your bench and may, may mm-hmm. make the run there very easily acquirable to you, you wouldn't even have to move Rubio in that deal. You could you know get to that number very easily without even probably giving up much of value sure. um, in that one. What about Eric Bledsoe? If the Clippers yeah. go a little sideways, because then you're you're not really on the hook for much money next year. He's only about three million guaranteed next season. That could be be a guy you know you could look at. Um, uh, difficult because of the poison pill, but Milwaukee now is in a little bit of a weird spot. They have a whole bunch of kind of guard guys with DiVincenzo back and uh, Grayson Allen playing well. Um, Allen was the poison pill guy I was thinking of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wesley Matthews, George Hill um, there. You know, so, yeah, I mean, the good news, I guess, is they have options. And then, of course, if the Pacers break it up, Karis LeVert, uh, yes. very different guy. But that's also, I really think that that one kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. For the Cavs. I just think he's a guy whose size, ability to score with the ball, you could kind of use him to 
to you probably start him next to Garland, but mm-hmm. then really he he becomes your uh, anchor for those second units. I that that's probably the number one guy I would chase after. The Pistons have a whole bunch of guys. Frank Jackson's actually sure. played pretty pretty good. Uh, you can look at their Corey Joseph. Those are all you know, much cheaper opportunity you know options uh, if you wanted to go that route. But Karis LeVert just seems to make an awful lot of sense for for uh, Cleveland to go get if Indiana is you know doing that fire sale. That's an interesting one, especially you know not the typical ball handling point guard that we tend to think of when we think of Rick, Rick, Ricky Rubio, right? Who's a guy who's a, a setup guy. He's a pass first point guard. But I do like this. If you go get Karis LeVert, doesn't that also protect you in the event that you decide to move on from Colin Sexton? Yeah, right? absolutely. That helps you out in, on yep. that front as well. You're no longer in a position. I'm not saying the Cavs are in this position to begin with, but it makes it that much easier to have that kind of flexibility where if things aren't working out for Colin Sexton, maybe you work out a sign and trade or something like that to send him elsewhere. There was talk about them moving him already earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. That makes it that much easier to just transition and say, you know what, those minutes, they're going to Karis Levert, that role, this is the way we're going now. Yeah, and then let's see, Isaac Okoro uh, really takes steps forward over the remainder of this season and next season. Then what you do is you have Levert for one more year where you can kind of make him almost like a super six man mm-hmm. where like he, he's, he's your coming off your bench, but he's playing a whole lot. Probably still gets, you know, 30 minutes a night off your bench because he can play uh, any of the wing positions. And then you only have one more year salary committed at 18.8 million, which is not, you know, a completely unreasonable number. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why that one makes sense. I mean, we, I think that was where we initially went to when Sexton got hurt. Yeah. Of, hey, if the Pacers do this, and now there is signs that the Pacers are, are open to, to business. So yeah, I might get, if I'm the Cavs, I'm making a move because it's too important to me to, to keep this thing moving and make the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, this year. I don't want to slip. Um, I'm not going all in and going nuts and like trying to trade for CJ McCollum or something like that. That's too big. Yeah. I um, mean, I'm not giving up a whole bunch of really great value, but, but I'm doing something. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, go get myself a player that can really buoy us uh, moving forward. And if I can do it with only a minimal uh, commitment beyond this season, that's absolutely the way to go. Agreed. All right, we've got a few health and safety protocol stories to get into. The Warriors-Nuggets game for tonight is postponed. Another game. This is 11 now that have been been postponed. Um, I think what's interesting here, and beyond beyond just the fact that we've got games getting postponed, you know, the NBA put in their rules and everything, forcing teams to sign hardship players in order to prevent this from happening. In some cases, though, just logistically, it's not been possible to get hardship players in. You find out you get some positive test results in the morning, getting a guy there for a game that night and clearance, you know, getting a guy cleared and all that. It's just not, it's not possible to happen, but it's also created some scenarios where some players like, like Trey young was, was fairly vocal about this. Not pleased that some games are getting postponed. Other ones are not. And obviously the NBA has to draw the line somewhere. You have to have eight players in order to play a game but there is certainly a competitive advantage to getting your game postponed and then getting to play it later on when you have your guys compared to some of these teams that are playing with two or three of their regular rotation players and a bunch of G League guys or whoever they found. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is Trey Young, I think, was right when he said too. like, I didn't even know most of my teammates until right before the game. So yeah. that is, uh, you know, that, that is something. So I think it is, um, you know, it, it's Bob where yeah, I get it. I mean, the Hawks are up to do. I'm, I'm going to do one of my. I saw the number story. 26. Oh, you saw it. I man. saw it. 
I wanted to throw a trivia question at you, but you already no, saw it. I, I so, failed so horribly at yesterday's that I was like, I need to know this number ahead of time. <laughs> oh, man, we, we're getting to know each other far too well. <laughs> if my uh, moves are that predictable. Yeah, 26 players. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. That's absolutely insane to, to have that many. Like, that's just for, for practical reference purposes, that's six more than you're allowed to carry in the preseason. <laughs> like, like, I don't even know. These guys must be sitting in the hallway. Yeah, the right. locker. Like I don't even know where, like how you make that work. So, um, but yeah, it's it's. It, I find it hard to disagree with with Trey Young because mm-hmm. yeah, he's not he's not wrong. I mean, it is a situation where it does seem a little haphazard how you know some teams have been getting there. But yeah, but the reality is the Nuggets, the Nuggets are actually fairly um, okay COVID wise play with the players, well, but they have re- a bunch of real injuries and just can't, can't get there. And then you lose one or two guys more mm-hmm. on top and, and now all of a sudden you're, you're in trouble. So and the yeah, coach now too. this is, this is really tough. Uh, did you, I don't know if you saw it, but breaking news uh, here, the Toronto Raptors, uh, Noah fans um, through, uh, let's see. I'm, see, I'm, I'm looking for it here. I didn't see it. See oh, there it is. Days. No Three ticket weeks. sales. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So they will uh, not host fans for at least the next three weeks. Happy uh, New Year. Yep. No <laughs> tickets sold and uh, except for league and team requirements up to a thousand per game. So it's basically um, that's going to be, you know, family and friends of uh, players. So uh, plus obviously the people to work that. So that's uh, <clears throat> that's a good example. Excuse me talk for me yeah yeah i got you i got you <laughs> so but yeah that's that's something that we i mean i'm not surprised we've seen canadian teams have to do i mean look the raptors played in tampa bay last season because of what was going on um so i mean this is the type of thing that is is not necessarily a huge surprise that this is taking place i know owners around the nba have got to be hoping that it does that it's not what they have to resort to because losing those ticket sales is a very big deal um, yeah. It's part of the reason why the NBA has gone to the the health and safety protocols that they have and having having hardship players brought in because they don't want to lose that revenue all, all over again, just like they did a couple of seasons ago. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. Will other teams follow suit? I think the differentiator here is that the Raptors are in Canada. Yeah. If this was a U.S. based team, I think we would probably start preparing for other teams to do the same thing. But I don't think we're quite there just yet, especially with just with the Raptors being a Canadian team. I think that leaves a little bit of a, a reason to pause before we assume that the U.S.-based teams are going to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. They, they just do it very differently. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just the, the reality of how, how it works. So, yeah, I mean, we're in a, a position here where this is, you know, we can't scream and yell about how it's, uh, you know, this is going to be um, – you know, can't do this, can't mm-hmm. do that. I mean, this is, you can yell about that in your own state if you want, even state to state, that can be kind of hard. Uh, but in the position, oh, we got more breaking news. Uh-oh. Sham Sarania. The oh, Cleveland Cavaliers are in serious talks on a deal to acquire Lakers guard Rajon Rondo. There it is. So that is uh, very interesting. Uh, Rondo uh, is in health and safety protocols right now. In fact, I just did a story about that a little bit ago, but should be out now, soon. Now, unlike what NBA 2K will tell you, players who are injured can't oh. be traded. So, not light bulb. No. Oh. Stanley Johnson. Yes. We've been talking yeah, all about be. this, about clearing a roster spot for Stanley Johnson. 100%. That's what yep. this is doing. 
and and now Rondo, just to get into the transaction geek of it here, and I know we're running close on time because you're yep. gonna run. Um, but it is what happens with a guy like Rondo because he's on a minimum contract. As long as you are not going to be uh, going over the hard cap, which clearly the Cavaliers are not, you don't even have to send anything. They'll have to send something back. But this, what, the Lakers will get out of this, my guess is, will be some form of top 55 protected second, or they will get a uh, they will get a um, a uh, draft rights to a player who's never going to come to the NBA. They're not going to get a real asset, is my guess, mm-hmm. out of this, because that that's this is – the Cavs have a need that also helps the Lakers because now the Lakers won't need to eat a tax and cap hit on this. So, um, but yeah, so well, yeah, now you have a topic for your, there, uh, for there your we go. appearance here. That's so. right. That's well, actually, and I, I should know we've got a little bit of time that just got bumped back about 15 minutes. So, all right, perfect. So, so, we so we're can. good. We can actually, we can finish the show here without having to, yeah, to rush too much, perfect. but, um, so, the, yeah, right, so let's, let's, let's dive into this a little bit then. So we just spent a bunch of time talking about the Cavs and yeah. what they might do. I don't think this would preclude them still from making a bigger move. No. Uh, this is a very much a get-by move. Yes. You have you yep. are obviously very familiar with Rondo's game at this point, but he is – he's not the guy he was even a couple years ago when he helped the Lakers win the championship. He, this is going to be come in, give us eight to ten minutes behind Darius Garland tonight. That's it. He is not a guy you're going to play with Garland very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is str- strictly get us a backup point guard to get us through. Um, so that's why I wouldn't say this. Well, now they're out of the mix to go get even Schroeder or Lavert or any mm-hmm. of those guys. Can't imagine that. That's no. the case here. This, this is, is yeah, this is just to get you through for the time being until you figure out what the long term is going to be. Because the even the Lakers brought in Rondo specifically, I mean, overtly saying he's not playing every night. Like Rondo himself put out there, I'm not playing every night. That's not what I'm doing at this stage of my career. So he's not a guy that you're going to rely on on a night-to-night basis. For the next, I don't know if it takes him four weeks to go find somebody else, Rondo can get you by during that period. Yeah, I mean, the reality is Rondo's going to be 36 here Mm -hmm. in in a couple months. And he's uh, in, in, this is year 16. So, yeah, I mean, you're not, you know, and you know, not to be rude, but he's not LeBron. Where we're like, all right, man, this this dude still got it. Is going to keep cranking here as long as he wants to. Like this is this is there. Um, from the Lakers side, you hit the nail on the head. They've been trying to figure out a way to retain Stanley Johnson, mm-hmm. um, who they're very happy to have, and quite frankly, fills a need for them as a wing uh, with some size because um, he's not a you know six foot four guard like every other player on their right. their roster. Um, so yeah, they they've they they it's been a midnight. I don't even think they, I was going to call it an open secret, but I don't even think it's a secret at all. They were trying to figure out a way, and now they've found a way where we don't have to cut a guy and eat that that tax hit. We can do it. Uh, clear the roster spot. Bring in Johnson uh, for the remainder of the year. So my guess is his ten day is up on January third. So by the time that ten day ends, my guess is he's getting a rest of season contract. And you and I did the math on that uh, yesterday, and I did a video breakdown on that this morning for Lakers Nation, explaining exactly why they were likely to go this route rather yep. than just everybody's been saying wave DeAndre Jordan or, or whatever. Rather than do that, it costs a lot. Of it costs a ton. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. what they're going to do is free up a roster spot this way. So, yep, makes sense. Yeah. It's a, this is why you don't do things until you've exhausted all your options. Yeah, 
you 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 hold out until you you absolutely can. And I get it. I I'm I'm guessing their fear probably why they're doing this now because assuming let's assume this transaction happens within the next day or so Mm -hmm. um if they really do finalize this rondo to cleveland deal is you don't want to risk johnson's 10-day running out and and now he's getting back in free agency and somebody else tries to snap him up right absolutely absolutely um and the lakers right now they've got darren collison in the mix too now they only Mm -hmm. have one roster spot but again and kendrick nunn should be returning sometime in january as well yeah yeah my guess is they're they're feeling pretty good about their ball handling yeah uh, at this point because you know yeah you've got nunn you've got uh uh you know horton tucker lebron clearly has the ball a bunch you know or he should have none at some point right and Mm -hmm. i mean and russ as much as struggles are there he's still a 30 plus minute a night player so right yeah no i mean this is one of those things that where it's probably not going to amount to anything massive um you know as far as being lead changing but this this is good for the Cavs. good good get by move for them for at least the next uh, couple weeks as they they line things up for the trade deadline all right let's wrap things up with referees everybody's favorite topic (laughs) yeah um it's not just players that are going into health and safety protocols it's referees as well can i do one more thing yeah yeah. on the the Cavs, sure. sorry, they they are gonna have to waive somebody, um, because they they are over um uh on players, uh, so they will have to waive somebody. My guess is probably Ed Davis. Mm-hmm. It's the, the guy who goes. They he just doesn't play very. And we much. talked about him yesterday being non guaranteed, so yep. easier to walk so, away from. Yep. So all right, go ahead. Talk and talk. Talk referees until your heart is. Let's gone. talk referees again. Everybody loves referees. Um, thirty six percent of referees are in health and safety protocols, which means the NBA has actually had to find replacement referees. Yeah, they've called up G League referees in order to come in and and help out. Look, referees have a thankless job, but now you're going to get G League pro referees in training of sorts, right? G League refs coming in to ref NBA games because they're so short on referees so i know fans like to get upset i get upset too when we see missed calls but i we also try to remember that this game moves insanely fast to the point where even when we slow it down with our high-tech cameras even then we have debate over was that ball out of bounds who touched that last was it a foul or not these referees are having to deal with things in real time and so it's an extremely difficult difficult job but uh yeah replacement referees Probably not going to make anything that much better. Fingers crossed. Best of luck to them. Um, but yeah, we may see, we may have a bit of a bumpy ride in terms of officiating over the next, however long it takes for the refs to get healthy. Yeah. And now you're in a decent place to call up referees because the G league is shut down right now. The G league, quite frankly, out of a player shortage and not being able to fill out their own rosters as half of the G leagues in the NBA mm-hmm. right now is shut down for a little bit. So what we're seeing is uh, they, they turn it to a slightly different, different way. And now these refs are available and every year I it's, it's weird. I don't think the average person knows a lot of G league refs come up every single year of work mm-hmm. games because what they do right now we see it's very common for players to get 
time off. Um, it's it's just as common now. They they give they'll give referees a little break uh, during the season and the like. So I think what we're really looking at here is these uh, G League refs come up and now they're going to come up and they're they're going to fill these spots and it's probably going to be a little little bumpy at times with, with, with the way this goes because you're spot on, man. I I'll complain about them when mm-hmm. when there's bad calls too, but it's a really really hard job. If I always say to people. If you really want to know, go to your local youth basketball league and volunteer to officiate a game and just you'll see it's it's hard. It, it's not easy to do. Even at that level, it can be kind of tricky and difficult to to see everything and see how quick it moves. And I would talk about, you know, you get 20,000 people yelling at you and you're the only one nobody likes in the building. <laughs> right. And you've got right, right, and you've got all this stuff. So, yeah, it's it, it is not an easy job at all. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, tonight, too, we just briefly, we talked about the game postponed. We'll have to see. Let's see if this referee shortage does anything as far as mm-hmm. games maybe being postponed. Because if you end up, that's really hard to get. Because it's not, they don't travel with extra refs, uh, right. you know, with them. Like the teams, you know, are we going to get to eight? I mean, yeah, you can do they, it. We see it they do in the playoffs. Regular. Yeah, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, the playoffs they do. Available. But, but yeah, there just is. There's too many games in the regular mm-hmm. season to to do that. So, uh, so we'll see. There's been even talks that they have really kind of looked um, at this of saying the um, the uh, referees, you know, more making them regional and saying like, hey, you're gonna hang that out in that sense. region. So there's a pod. The challenge is teams do not want to see um, the same refs you know, over and over. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, otherwise you're going to be turning, you know, the, the guy, the guy refing games at the YMCA is going to come over and, uh, and pitch in or something like that. That's, that would be disastrous as well. Um, all right. You know what? Last thing, final prediction here, because the Cavs oh. have got to send out salaries. They've got to send out salaries because they're over the cap too. You know, because Rondo's a minimum. Salary, oh, they have an right? exception and they have an exception. They, he's a they don't, they won't right. even need to use that. They won't either. Cause he's a minimum salary player. A minimum salary player can be acquired via the minimum salary exception. So they, they don't need to send anything out. They just need to wave a player to clear around. I was spot. just, I was just thinking functionally, could you just, I mean, I guess it's the same either way, wave Ed Davis or Ed Davis for Rondo. And then the Lakers wave him. Yeah. Then the Lakers would still have to eat the prorated cap hit. True. And they don't, they're clearly they're not going to, to not do that. So, okay. yeah, he'll go in via the minimum salary exception. Lakers will create a $1.7 million trade exception, which will be nothing. It probably won't get used no. uh, at any point because they're just going to sign Stanley Johnson, as we expect, and, and off we go. Yeah. Now watch. They'll, they'll do something crazy like sign Darren Collison instead, and then we'll look dumb. Oh, but, man. And we'll see. <laughs> the, 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 the torches and pitchforks will be grabbed <laughs> if and when – that happens. Not that people hey, hate Stanley. Days, John James will be available. Hey, there we go. <laughs> He's already in town. There we go. All right. Well, maybe that finally comes true. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I will be waiting five years from now. Is James Ennis a Laker yet? No. No, not yet. Yeah, All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.